0: Welcome everybody back to Gonzo Film Reviews. We have a stacked episode for you this time. I'm going to be going over uh, the updates that I gave you months ago that have uh, finally come to fruition. There is a new Twitter, uh, Twitter 2.0 I would say, oh, boy. and uh, we're also going to cover some Indiana Jones 5 news for you because that's popping off for the first time in a year. I wish I could be excited. Uh, me too. There's a lot to uh, uncover to there. Unpack. And there are some tweets by the director, James Mangold, that I'm going to go over, but I don't trust most of what he says, just given the um, simple fact that filmmakers lie, when, especially if leaks actually happen. They'll say the opposite is true just so that they can uh, you know, try to keep it a surprise as much as possible. But uh, everything that has been coming together in the media and in leakers about this movie has been uh, a bit of a disaster but we'll we'll get to that there's always yeah. the the number one culprit there hmm. we know who that is yeah i don't she even think who we not. really need to say it she who must not be named Yeah. i have
1: endless endless rants i could do about her but you know
0: we'll do that that's being, towards time. the end yeah um and then the the film the menu we both saw it oh fantastic we're going to review that one for you cuz it's oh, yeah. at the end of this that was a trip it was great.
1: Probably the smartest main character uh, in the last uh, collection of movies I've
0: watched. And I will say that I can't think of a, any other food movie that was mm-hmm. as interesting as no. this one. Yeah. Uh, I, I've one watched that... some food movies, but they're, they're never really that special.
1: It keeps your attention. Like, yeah. I, I don't remember one time wondering, like, how
0: far along in the movie are we? No. And then the. Um... And I also love how the food snobs, they all got killed by the end. Or they they met a fate that wasn't, you know, that was less than perfect. So usually with these kind of movies, there's like the snobs and they think, oh, we got to educate this stupid audience about this topic. No, it was like all the snobs actually got their shit kicked in. Yeah. It was great.
1: It was very nice. It was was a lot of, um, I guess it was a story that we were kind of thrown into the middle of. We didn't really get much of a... uh, context when the movie started but it still did an effective job of showing you exactly what was going on and giving you the feeling of like okay not everything is the way that it seems right now um which is one of my favorite things i mean you really look at that movie and even in the um trailers for it it shows great interest uh
0: i think I, see, yeah, I saw once. trailers for it too and yeah. it really it made me want to see it yeah it really did good.
1: Um, I, I think it was a really good time I believe that watching it was really worth it I think a lot of people could take notes from the writing too because they, they left a lot blank for you to kind of interpret on your own but yeah. at the same time uh, they gave you just enough information to not you know, go too far ahead or dig too far behind. There was always new things to take in. And honestly, I'm really surprised that so far the movie hasn't gotten a super high rating.
0: It did well in Rotten Tomatoes. Um, It seemed to be pretty well loved. There was an 88%, even maybe as high as 90% rating for that one. I usually don't follow, you know, very closely what... Rotten Tomato ratings are because they tend to be the opposite of how the film actually turns out Yeah. but for this one it actually 89% for the critics uh, the more important one though is the audience score and about 500 people rated it as about 79% mm. and I think it's a little low but it's still it's still up there
1: yeah I'd say it was a little low maybe they're just not foodies
0: critics consensus was while it's social commentary relies mm-hmm. on basic ingredients which honestly I would agree with that that's yeah. one of the things I had uh, the menu serves up black comedy, true, with plenty of flavor. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I think that was the only slight shortcoming of the film was that they they seemed like they wanted to say something, uh, but they left out or ended up cutting for time some of the things that they set up with the, um, the characters that were there yeah. and why they were there. But we got a good bit of information from about three of the groups. Yeah. And one of the pairs... There was just a few people in there that made no sense, yeah. but I'm, I'm sure that that's probably just you know some kind of mistake that ended up on the cutting room floor. Yeah. They didn't want it to be a two-and-a-half-hour, three-hour-long movie.
1: No, but... but I also like that you can tell right off the bat, though, that each of the characters, even the ones that weren't really like expanded upon, uh, had like a past and had a reason for being there. Even if they didn't delve into it too much, like... Everybody was important in their own way, uh, even when the spotlight didn't really shine on them.
0: Yeah, they it had nice. depths. It was, it was just nice. Yeah, it, they weren't 2D characters. His whole staff, I would say, was also excellent. Because oh, yeah, absolutely. The only one that really needed to be 3D was his, um, his partner. I think her name was Elsa. Yeah, the head waitress. The head waitress. All the other ones, they were understandably kind of zombie like mm. and, you know. They, they saw themselves as lesser than and they acted like it. <laughs> they acted like soldiers in the military. Very uniform. Yeah, so, but she was 3D and it was very nice to have a, a good, another deep character. Absolutely. Anya Taylor-Joy was great. Um, Ralph Fiend was amazing. And then all the other um, secondary characters, they, they had a lot of, of humanity in them and a lot of life. Absolutely. Which was very fun to watch. Um, I would say that this, what was your, what was your feeling on the tension level? Because I was feeling more of a, uh, I think the most anxiety I got was for I ate too many donuts that morning. <laughs> it was, oh my god! Yeah, it was, no, I it was good, uh, but I'm gonna drink some water and then I'm gonna answer that question. Like um, I liked it, but I feel like it wasn't aiming to be, uh, yeah, a, a thriller or a horror movie. It was aiming more to be a, uh, a black comedy.
1: Oh yeah, I, and I. I believe that that there wasn't exactly like present tension at all times or anything like that, but there was a a constant mystery the whole time. I was just dying to figure out like I want to know more about this chef. Like why is he doing it? Like the whole time, I I sat there and really could not pull myself away from that character and uh what drives him to do what he was doing and it's such an elaborate thing that he had going on and honestly it made me respect him to a certain degree you know not to like raise the hairs on the back of your neck or anything but uh it made me respect him to a certain degree simply because he recognized that she didn't belong there and he was like, shit, you're not supposed to be here.
0: Yeah, this night was meticulously planned down yeah, like, to the last eyebrow. Yeah. So
1: so he was like, you're not supposed to be here. And he obviously, I mean... Okay. Uh, but he obviously felt that, you know, just because she's there, she's not part of the plan, that she might even be an exception. And in that case... It kind of shows that he's still got his humanity to a certain yeah. extent. He's not a bad person. He is just somebody who has been wronged in a lot of ways by a lot of influential people. And he's had enough of the uh,
0: social hierarchy that they live in where you know they are the 1%. And someone yeah. with that much power, though, mentally and physically, mm-hmm. the way he was able to completely control that room full of the rich people... With one clap. He also killed the uh, former owner of the island and his company. If you can do mm-hmm. all that, and it's 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 strange to think about why the, he would agree with someone else's suggestion to kill himself as part of the, uh, the menu, as part of the... Um, the mm-hmm. course, because if it was his own idea, it probably would have been more of a dark, you know, twisted. Yeah. He's already suicidal thing. Mm-hmm. But weirdly, um, it was thrown out there from one of his um, staff members. Yeah. Halfway, well, one of his cooks. Towards the climax of the film, where she said, "Oh yeah, by the way, the the whole killing everybody and all of us dying too is my idea." Yeah. and I'm like okay but why would he agree so readily to i think like unless he already had that plan and she just reinforced it by suggesting it and he thought oh we're on the same page but it was interesting to try and think about you have to watch it closely and try and think about why he was so willing to kill himself mm. especially with how malleable he was because he was willing to update the, the menu yeah. based on unexpected crazy things that happened throughout the night right. he was like um, this is a impromptu course, yeah. everyone. Uh, Things
1: didn't go according to plan. I didn't
0: have this on the menu, but it's on the menu now. So, yeah. if he had that in mind, you know, it's it's interesting to think about why he would he would take that so easily, and why he wouldn't have changed his mind once he found happiness again. Because um, towards the end, he did. He was one of the characters gave him happiness, yeah. in a very profound way. He rediscovered it for the first yeah. time since he was probably sixteen, eighteen years old. Yeah. So if he found that, felt that again, you know, I would, if I were him, I would say, everybody else can die. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go flip some burgers or whatever makes me happy and, yeah. you know, see if I can keep this happiness going. Because it seemed like that's all he was missing was that little bit of, you know, get rid of your enemies, one, yep. but two, find personal happiness again. And he seemed to get it and then kill himself anyway. And I was like,
1: oh, that's I interesting. I think that he went along with the whole plan to, like, for, like, everybody dying I think he went along with the suggestion because if you notice, there's a theme throughout the night and it's everybody, it was essentially the theme was everybody gets what they deserve. Right. Mm -hmm. And, And I firmly believe that he accepted those suggestions because he feels that he has done injustice to his cooks and those in his staff. And so he was like, okay, well he himself is not, you know, um, innocent of of wronging people, and he believes that. Oh, okay, so, uh, like in the one scene, he literally let her stab him in the leg because he was like, "I'm sorry, I hit on you yeah. a couple of times. Yeah, I hit on you very yeah. hard. Yeah, <laughs> More And than he months. was like, "Yeah, he was like, I'm sorry, I didn't like know when to take no for an answer." And she fucking stabs him, and he's just kind of like, "All right." And, uh, I feel like that yeah. would have
0: done it. That's good yeah. enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he's like, "No." Nah. I I will say it's a beautiful way that they
1: did. It is amazingly gorgeous. I mean, the the way they set the scene, but I I firmly believe that that's why he went along with it was because he was like, I'm going to get mine
0: and they're going to get theirs. So he must see himself as the absolute hand of justice, like thoroughly, because he
1: probably, yeah. What he's
0: doing is basically saying, you know, my sins can all be cleansed in fire, (laughs) dying with all of you. And probably also in the back of his mind, he didn't want to expend the. You know, mental resources it would take to avoid the authorities and and not get caught for this or killed by the rich people that are getting revenge on him for killing the other rich people. So, there's probably uh, elements of that too.
1: Yeah. I I think that probably in the primary construction of the plan, that idea was brought up first and foremost. And he was like, okay, well. Because we need a way out. Yeah. And he's going to be like, okay, well, you know what? Uh, He took the joy out of cooking for the rest of them, just like the people he's after took the joy out of cooking for him. Yeah. And everybody needs to pay for that, and he sees all of them as uh, irredeemable.
0: So cuisine is their god. Yeah. yeah. Serving meals is their religion. (laughs) The menu is what's important. That's their Bible. They acted very you know cultish and religious the whole time so that was another cool underlying theme there was that when you don't have some other thing serving as a religion and you find kind of like a physical or a secular kind of thing or an experience as a new religion and you replace it you know there you could have a whole different experience with humanity than everyone else outside the island in the real world has because they all acted crazy you know us watching for the you know sitting there seeing them all behave that way for the first time yeah was so much different than seeing them by the end of the film behaving the same way absolutely because I feel like the writers did an incredible job and the director did an incredible job of showing us um, the way that they behaved and thought throughout the film so that we all we actually understood it in a lot of ways by the end of it Um, and even though I was upset with the uh, the donuts I still had a good time yeah
1: absolutely <laughs> I
0: lost my gut instinct but I still have my head working and um, they were understandable by the end of the film
1: I think I think the thing that really determined whether somebody lived or died was whether or not they've caused uh, misery and whether or not they've had to deal with misery um, because the mind you the only person that the main character the only person in that movie to cause somebody else happiness was her.
0: It, coincidentally, it was the only one there who had not done some horrible, heinous crime to someone else mm-hmm. that he was aware of. And so, and paid like no expense
1: to, to even be there. Like she was brought there yeah. to die. Like Guy fully knew. And she had no idea. So, like, not only was she dragged there with, like, no notice under, of what false, was under yeah. false pretenses. Yeah. Uh, under false pretenses, she uh, was rightfully upset. And you know, the the chef learned about like who
0: she was
1: and everything. Yeah, like I think that, that was one of the most like,
0: important scenes of the whole movie. Yeah. When he was finding out how much she uh, suffered. And that's why he took such a quick liking to her, not because of any other reason, literally just because of that, because he identified with her suffering because he had suffered, obviously, from the hands of parents. He had suffered, obviously, from employers and uh, from people around him and, and horrible customers and people who paid him to do these special dinners treated him like mm-hmm. shit obviously for the past 20 years or however many years he had been doing this very thing yeah like just without the very end part like the killing thing yeah he had been having these dinners and people evidently were treating him like shit yeah uh, he was making a ton of money but it wasn't satisfying him so that scene between him and her where he was finding out uh, the abuse she suffered from her stepdad or was it her biological father I think, uh, I think it was stepdad i think it was a stepdad um he found that out and he was like you know Wow, I really I yeah. I really, sh- I dig this girl. Do you want to be on my team?
1: Yeah, and I, I think he, his way of being like, you know, you don't deserve to die with them, those who cause harm and everything like that. Uh, you should be with us. And then throughout the movie, she proceeds to give him reasons to be like, you know, maybe she doesn't deserve to be here. And everything, and eventually, at a certain point, she pulls a
0: fucking thousand IQ move. And before we get through real quick, though, <laughs> he, she, on that note, she also, um, he had, he literally said the line at one point. um, You know, maybe you all should have should have tried harder to to escape. You know, you really didn't try that hard. You probably could have. You probably yeah. could have and should have. So he said that, and then. um... And it's just like he so he was almost like taunting them or, you know, even just making a a blatant observation like, man, you guys really didn't try that hard. You really fell for my, uh, you know, my whole control thing, didn't you? (laughs) So, you know, she took that and she was like, well, fuck you. I will get out of here because I'm the only one who knows more about you than the other people here. And I'm also the only one who's really not supposed to be here. (laughs) And that's what led to, you know, that moment. I think, where she flipped it, which impressed us, audibly impressed oh, us both. I,
1: and I want to leave that part as a total surprise for our yeah. listeners because I, that was probably too my spoil. favorite part in the entire movie. And the thing about it is, like with the whole, like, oh, they could have tried at any moment to like get out and they probably would have. Yeah. The, the other guests were so far up their own asses that yeah. they were in complete denial of the whole situation, oh. even after it escalated.
0: The even one who brought his, her there was the worst, oh, I think. Oh, he
1: was, he was a sociopath. Like, entire. he literally
0: sat there completely I- ignoring everything around him as if nothing was actually happening. A guy had his, like, thumb cut off. He was just stuffing his face, acting like, oh, nothing happened at all. Yeah. He didn't even notice it, comment on it, anything. Didn't acknowledge it. And the only time he showed any fucking fear was when he was told to go hang himself for being such a douchebag and for being a failed chef. Yeah. So he's the ultimate personification of the critic who can't do what he criticizes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the chef was like, all right, make us something since you're so fucking... He claims to
1: know everything about food.
0: Yeah. So also he betrayed the chef's trust because he was brought in as an insider. Mm -hmm. He's like, I want you to, you know, come to this next dinner. I want you to bring someone. I want you to know that you're all going to die. But you can't tell anyone ever at all. So he chose to let the other woman live and hire an escort to come with him instead. And that's what led to the chef and and her having a moment, which we had an awesome guy in our screening. Uh, There were just three or four points where he just laughed and clapped. He He was was clapping. (laughs) It was insane. Like, it was blatant, loud, and obnoxiously funny. But there was a joke about service workers. So, you know, the chef was like, You're an escort. I understand the. uh, the, the He was like, I know. the service industry, yeah. and then yeah. this guy just goes. Eh, eh, eh. And I was <laughs> like, okay, somebody works in service industry yeah, yeah. in this theater today. He was like, like
1: hey, I recognize a, a customer service worker when I see one.
0: Yeah, and I was okay. like, wow, yeah. two or three points that that guy was just going off. Oh yeah, he, he loved was. it.
1: He loved it every minute.
0: But yeah, that was um, it's deep and complex. Yeah, it's it's smart, you know, and it's funny and it's uh it's it's got a lot of great dark humor and i would say that um i would easily give it two thumbs up i enjoyed myself fully
1: and i think that there are a lot of great
0: themes in there too
1: it was complex but delivered simply Mm -hmm. which is my favorite thing ever because you, you still have to work hard to kind of understand and collect the information to uh, really understand what's going on and why, yeah. but it's delivered to you as the movie goes. You just have to pay
0: attention. And also like, not having a narrator and instead using the menu as the storytelling <laughs> yeah. narration itself was really smart because when you use something like food as your theme mm-hmm. and as your main story basis, it's like an anchor that holds yeah. the story of the movie together you people everybody has their own experience of food and they everybody understands eating and food yeah so when you want to introduce those complex themes do it you can do it in a simple way by literally just having each dish and each part of the of the night have a theme and then they all tie in together to the main big theme and it's like it's 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 so it's like a hack for writing a a clever story in an easier way it's like you know introduce something everybody knows introduce something they can all understand a menu and then use that to execute everything it just it turned out great
1: and i i just i'll forever have respect for that man simply because he used that entire night to humiliate and kind of deal back to those who mistreated him and those like him for years i mean because remember there was a what the course where he he served them a bread plate
0: with no bread. Yeah, he's like, this bread has been donated to you know a needy yeah. country, and then these assholes the are acting. Bread is the him.
1: the food of like peasants and everything like that. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, lower class people depend on bread. You know, ever since the like way old times and everything like that. He's like, you know, bread
0: is a very valuable thing. So and green was it was like one of the most common. So you tonight, know.
1: you're not going to eat any.
0: Yeah. He's like, tonight is, you guys are all too special for bread. He's yeah, buttering him up. Too special for bread. Buttering him up for the yeah. inevitable chopping down that he's going to do yeah, with them all. Exactly. He's like, you guys all think you're too good for other so, people, so you're not getting things other people get. It was just an empty plate with a couple of, like, what were those? They were little flavor, um, like, like little dips. Kind of like a dip, like a gel. Um, yeah, I can't remember what he calls just them. It
1: like a plate with like eight little gels, but they're like little circles, like not... Yeah, not like serving cups where you actually get the, like big enough to dip stuff in, but yeah, no, like think about a
0: painting tray sure. with like a painting tray, exactly. but way smaller. Yeah, so like quarter the size of the of the usual portion, yeah. and it's just like yeah, that
1: was, that was my favorite like kind of middle finger up moment where it was like,
0: especially when the stockbroker scammers were like throwing a big fucking hissy fit. Give me the bread. Oh, you're just going to give me some bread. You know who I work for. You know who I am. Yeah, I just... didn't
1: want to play this card,
0: but you know who we are, right? You're, you're, yeah. you're, okay. Sweetheart, yeah, you can bring me some bread. She's like, <laughs> I know. <laughs>
1: yeah, and she literally it. leans into his ear, and she's like, you will eat uh, less than you desire and more than you deserve, and then gets up and walks away, and he's just like...
0: He looked horrified. Oh. It was genius.
1: Yeah.
0: I loved it. It was amazing. I think it was a good movie. I would recommend everyone go try it out. It's in theaters. If you want something good to bring the family to Thanksgiving, um, you know, holidays, if you guys want to see a movie, watch that. Do not watch Spirited. I (laughs) I sat through probably 15, 20 minutes of Spirited with my girlfriend, and Mm -hmm. we were out of the door, um, which is shocking considering it's a Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds movie. Wow. But we're not big on musicals. So when a musical is garbage, we're out. Like we we didn't last long at all. It was That's it shit. was it was funny. It seemed like it was going to be trending in a good direction, but it, it, there was a song every 30 seconds on film, and the songs were terrible. Oh, <laughs> they were boy. so cookie-cutter, stereotypical, cut and dry, and they lacked so much life. And no matter how much violent dancing that all of the uh, I, choreographers tried to pull off, oh, man, it was garbage. Yeah, a- I would love to see a version of that movie with no songs because oh, it was so hard to sit through. You know what I
1: am excited for? What's that? The Violent Night.
0: Violent Night is going to be fucking hilarious. That looks <laughs> actually really funny.
1: Um, And I, I love the fact that they're taking kind of a step away from traditional Christmas movies where like It just gets old at some point. You know, you watch the 25 Days of Christmas and all the same movies playing for generations. Yeah, Elf and and, and Christmas Christmas Story. Christmas Story, yeah. And, like, you know, they're classics for a reason. You know, they don't exactly... You watch them once a year, they're not that bad. You get through them, and they're still good movies. But I I just can't sit and watch more. You know what I mean? I, I need a break from the typical holiday movie where it's oh you know at exactly a minute and 30 uh or an hour and 31 minutes you know the conflict arrives and 20 minutes later a magical solution appears and the movie's over
0: like pretty much i i
1: can't put that stuff i mean
0: and then there's a lot of the same tired old themes of like the real meaning of Christmas and why you're all destroying Christmas and yeah. how we can be a, a good family at Christmas. Everybody and like, needs to believe in Christmas. And man. I'm like, to be honest, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> if they gave a shit, things would start changing. It, nothing's changing. Um, you, you're going to have to find other messaging for your Christmas movies. I,
1: I just love the fact that it's a different take on a Christmas movie where it's not taking itself serious at all, which oh, is great. No. I mean, I, I think that... It could go places if you take that angle and expand on it a little more with different movies.
0: Like It looks like it was heavily inspired by Mel Gibson's Fat Man, where yeah. a retired Santa, you know, people, hitmen come try to kill him and he is way rougher and tougher and yeah. more bloodthirsty. And then it's also mixed with some bad Santa in there. And
1: I um, love the actor. I absolutely love him.
0: Yeah, David Harbour. Yeah. Absolutely. He's going to be funny.
1: I am a I'm a really big fan of like Stranger Things and stuff like that. So I I love him as an actor. He's fantastic and I can't wait cuz he seems perfect for the role. Oh yeah, he's um,
0: I would not want anybody else right now. No. To play no, a horrible no. Santa. Yeah, a bad Santa. We already got, you know, Paul Giamatti as a good Santa for yeah, Fred yeah. Claus, so I feel like the that opportunity has come and gone, but Harbor would do great.
1: God, I just can't sit and watch the Santa Claus again oh Jesus! I can't no. do it anymore Tim Allen can rest
0: he can, that was before my time he
1: can he can take a Christmas off honestly I like I, I used to love those movies growing up but how many times them, can you watch yeah, it? yeah you watch them so much and you're like god they really have just dragged this out they really yeah. have you know that's that's my uh, TED talk
0: that's also one that everybody should have on the radar if you need a a good holiday movie absolutely and then new in the news is new twitter twitter 2.0 it's caused a lot of people to throw fits but honestly I think it's been one of the funniest things that's ever happened on the platform absolutely Um, he must grant a poll and he had um, Donald Trump reinstated on twitter because uh, most people voted for him which is interesting interesting yeah. yeah I wonder I wonder how that happened um so this comes yeah this comes after uh, 15 million people voted 52% said that they wanted him back so he's back and um he hasn't tweeted anything yet though because I think he has an exclusivity deal with um what do you call it yeah with uh, true social his own platform so yeah it's been a funny storyline also CBS News tried to uh bail and say that they're not going to be doing it anymore um They're gonna be uh, monitoring the situation for um, basically Uh, security issues. 48 hours later, they were back. So Elon's (laughs) posting memes on CBS News, why can't I quit you? Of course. And it's it's pretty much been the same thing, really. Everybody um, that really liked the old way Twitter ran, where they got to ban anybody who is anywhere, even an inch to the right of them, and they got to say whatever they want, including death threats, and not be challenged on anything. They're, they're seeing that that's going away and it's coming back to the center again where everybody's going to be allowed on Twitter and everybody's going to be allowed to have an opinion, which is really dangerous, I know. But um, it looks like everybody throwing a fit about Twitter is on fucking Twitter doing it. So, you know, it's just – it's very interesting yeah. to see the meltdown, but also to see that it's on Twitter. So they're like, <laughs> I'm leaving Twitter, but first I'm going to tell everyone – that I'm not happy on Twitter and then I'm gonna stick around to see if anybody cares about me leaving Twitter I'm like nah, dude nobody cares just leave the fucking do what you want just leave that like do it's all these want. false promises it's like all the people saying they would move to Canada in 2016 they didn't do it yeah. And then the only other biggest issue with it so far is that uh, he, he wants to level the playing field with uh, the verified accounts. But, you know, when he opened it up, anyone who subscribed to Twitter Blue for $8 a month would get the verified checkmark. And this led to a bunch of morons impersonating Nintendo, world governments, uh, news organizations, uh, famous individuals. And they would just ever so slightly change their... Account and suddenly they would go viral looking like they are, um, you know, Nintendo posting Naked Mario. Yeah. So he's punted the uh, re release of Blue Verified until there is a high confidence of stopping impersonation. So he says we will probably use different color check for organizations than individuals, which is what I've been saying all along. Yeah. You give the official things like a white verified check mark. Yeah. You give, you know, the Twitter blue verified people a blue check mark. And idea. it's so simple. So, you, you know, it removes the entire issue. And you still get a bunch of people who get to be, you know, verified. Yeah. And you can also even ever so slightly change the uh, the badge. So, the verified check marks for, you know, being notable in um, the official description of it right now is. This account is verified because it's notable government, news, entertainment, or another designated category. You could have that look like, you know, the flower thing that it does now, and you could have simple verification for getting Twitter blue, uh, just a a circle. So it's two very simple um... What do you call them? Or have, like... Visual changes. Cosmetic, yeah. yeah, Two very simple cosmetic changes.
1: Actual verified companies and whatnot. Um have their symbol be like the actual clear bird
0: yeah it's just like it's, yeah. there's ways to do it
1: there's, there's a lot of ways that it could happen honestly I mean I don't see the harm in either way as long as you can differentiate prevent fraud and impersonating other people mm-hmm. and businesses you know what business would be kind of believable if people started doing that though Wendy's posts them off the wall shit
0: You know, Wendy's, I can't believe that wasn't a bigger target of the first round. Because people would probably believe it, right? Oh, 100%. because they're crazy. Let's see some of their most recent replies. Love Wendy's Twitter. Of course. All these people complaining about their fucking food. Oh, I'm sorry that your food looks like shit. Please, you know, DM us. We, We aren't happy to see that. Yeah, so I can't even see the fun tweets because all these, uh, all these people are bitching, and crying. It's really just food. Wendy's
1: apologizing. Yeah, it's like okay. Wait, um, go up, go up, go up.
0: It's there was one that though. started
1: with only a, only a coward.
0: Only a coward who hasn't tried would say something like that. Take a chance on me, because uh, somebody was saying I can't dip my fries in. Peppermint uh, Frosties. The regular vanilla Frosties will get jelly.
1: Huh. Only a coward <laughs>
0: who hasn't tried.
1: <laughs> I love Wendy's Twitter, bro.
0: You really need drones. I drop ten dollars to have this flown to me right now. Maybe you need one. Maybe you. We're like, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll start doing drones. Yeah, Wendy's is crazy. Yeah. But people probably thought they were too real. <laughs> too cool yeah, to probably. mess with.
1: Yeah. Wendy's would call bullshit.
0: Also, tickets for Avatar have opened up today. Um, don't buy any. <laughs> Please don't buy any. Um, That'll be
1: interesting.
0: As a movie theater um, insider, don't buy any damn tickets to this. <laughs> Last Christmas was miserable because all of these neck bearded, um, crazy Marvel were coming to see the uh spider-man thing and they trashed every theater across the country to a degree that i've not seen since the olden days of um, barbarians so <laughs> if you could do something nice this christmas like get a life get a family to spend time with and don't go see avatar 12 times with every single family member that's spending time with you for christmas dinner just just don't do it this year last year i think was enough you better not have anything else left in the tank after last year and I know my ushers don't, so just stay the fuck home this Christmas. <laughs> Get a life. Clean your basement that you live in. Just, come on. Please don't do it this time. Either that or just clean up after yourselves. Yeah, if you if you do insist upon ruining our Christmas, um, <laughs> at least clean your fucking theater. <laughs> so, final topic of the night or day or morning or whenever you're listening is uh, Indiana Jones 5. Um, there have been a lot of updates I've heard several leaks that may or may not be true uh one of the more popular ones not popular meaning good but popular here meaning um most corroborated by the most people is that the film is a complete mess in the terms of endings and uh the shooting schedule so they allegedly added 60 million dollars to the budget because uh Kathleen Kennedy and James Mangold were having blowout fights on set in a trailer for hours on each shooting day. They would leave the trailers and not speak to each other for the rest of the day. So, that's nice. It's always good to hear that your top producer is attempting to uh, ruin the director's attempts to make the damn film that he was paid to make. And then um, spiraling out from those, you would see that um, six endings were proposed for the film and by people who claimed to have been in test screenings. So one of the biggest endings that was the most hated was that Indiana Jones would somehow kill his younger self and um, his his goddaughter Helena would um, take his hat, take his whip, and insert herself into the old films and replace everything you know and love with her um, fleabag face from that show or movie, whatever it was called. It was Fleabag. Replace Indiana Jones with a fleabag, basically. So, yeah, that was one of the most hated possible endings. There are people claiming that um, Marion appears briefly towards the beginning of the movie. Mutt is mentioned but not seen, which is really good because nobody wants to see Mutt. Um, <laughs> Harrison looks like he doesn't want to be there the entire movie.
1: I think Harrison's just done with acting.
0: Yeah. Matt Mikkelsen is playing a younger version of Tote from the first film and this was um, confirmed by Empire magazine they released a photo of him and they said young Tote and I'm like oh okay <laughs> Antonio Banderas is probably the best part of this movie and that's probably the only reason his characters um, blank had any impact he blanks himself to save Indy and Helena right before they get sent back in time I'm not I'm just trying not spoil too much yeah. um, the main MacGuffin is a golden clock that's a key to an ancient time portal. A group of neo-Nazis is trying to track it down before Indy can. First, they go to ancient Rome for a bit, but they go back through and end up in 1933. A significant chunk of the movie is set in 1933. And the trio is Indy, Helena, and younger Indy. So we have a, a paradox occurring. I see. Um, yeah, it's just... And they said, overall, 2 out of 10, I'd rather watch Crystal Skull 50 times than sit through this atrocity again. I hope Disney does some serious reshoots or just cans the entire movie. I think they should just can Kathleen. They really should, because she is ruining everything she can get her hands on. Everything she Um, touches
1: fucking just falls off.
0: And James Mangle, the director, did tweet, uh, not true. I already said there have been no screenings and the photos from the D23 teaser Uh, have some faith. I have no faith when he's
1: working with Kennedy.
0: Yeah, and then people are now replying with the new information there. (laughs) Which part exactly isn't true, though? Because this would seem to suggest there's definitely some meddling afoot, if not a flashback. And that brings in the question of the whole kill and replace anything. Like, because they literally have the pictures now that's saying they're going to de age Ford in the movie, they're going to have the young version of Tote. Here's the official Empire Magazine exclusive image of him. Yeah. You know, the one person says, I'm terrified.
1: (laughs) The last line in that image post literally says, For the love of all that's good, please don't do that. Please.
0: Yeah, they're begging this man not to let Indiana Jones be turned into a fucking uh, Kathleen Kennedy uh, joke. It's just tragic that we've come to a point where fans don't trust the caretakers of our favorite shows. Whether the rumors are true or not, at this point, many of us will not watch Indy 5 until it's 100% confirmed. That Indy doesn't die or pass the fedora to another. And I I don't blame him. He deserves to retire with dignity. Yeah, He's dedicated 40 plus years
1: to this role. Listen, just because somebody has been the main character for so long. And I understand that there are all kinds of movements going on right now. And Kathleen Kennedy is, in my and many others' opinions, the worst kind of feminist. Because... Her version of feminism isn't feminism at all it's just replacing anything she can with a female lead which you know in some cases could be good but you know don't take an already established well loved uh movie series and turn it into something else entirely and rewrite history of it just to try to make some kind of message or a point that's just been so beaten like a dead horse and drilled into everyone's minds. Like, I, we, we get it. Like, she wants to send a kind of message that only she seems to understand. And there's, there are specific times and places for those messages to be sent. If she wants to make her own movie starting with her own you know protagonist from the very beginning then honestly by all means go ahead and make the movie who knows people might love it but taking a well-established well-loved series like indiana jones and trying to potentially rewind the clock on all of it And just
0: go, oh, well, everything you guys know and love is fake because it's actually this random chick. And purposely betraying the trust of one of the greatest geniuses who made her something anyway, George Lucas, she wouldn't have a career or two feet to stand on in anywhere near this industry if he hadn't uh, brought her on and let her play with all of his uh, toys. And lucas and, hates
1: what everything's
0: become anyway yeah he he gave it up because he didn't want to bother with trying to make uh be in this public spotlight and make these big films at a time in his life where he wants to make private films that only his family and friends are going to watch and enjoy the billions that he's earned and retire and be with his family Rightfully so. and raise his kids so you know, he, he wanted to move on, but, you know, he obviously regrets selling to Disney. And I said back in 2012, that was the worst thing that could have possibly happened. It is the worst Was thing. Disney buying it because it's going to turn into a complete joke. And, um, you know, everybody was was saying, oh well, you know, it's going to get more, you know, childlike. And I was thinking, no, it's going to get more, you know, insanely political. And it's yeah. going to get more, you know, trashed. What? And with Kathleen Kennedy without having this the superiors <laughs> to tell her, no we're not just gonna you know switch everything out and you know say the force is female and take it, take apart everything that works about the franchise she gets to run amok and now that's exactly what she's doing and she's destroying everything she possibly can. Preparing
1: the next headline the fedora is female
0: yeah literally the you know archaeology is for girls and all that stuff it, because she it comes from the brand of feminist that thinks that um, just because they haven't Done personally themselves something that all girls must feel like they can't do it unless they see uh, that girls are better at it than men. And I'm like, that doesn't make any damn sense. If you want a great uh, female archaeologist, watch a Laura Croft movie. Make Maybe. a Laura Croft Absolutely. movie. She should go and pitch a Laura Croft movie. It's but like... no, instead she takes this and says, "Well, oh, well, what can we do to emasculate and ruin and degrade?" luke skywalker that's what the eighth movie was in star wars what can we do to emasculate degrade and humiliate and make pathetic indiana jones it looks like that's what she's doing here
1: it it seems like she's purposefully trying to get onto these projects with well-established well-loved uh male lead characters and trying to entirely change how everything works in a way that I believe that kathleen kennedy doesn't see the uh prospect of strong male leads as an acceptable thing anymore i think instead of starting her own thing and going for like you just said lara croft if she wanted to make a strong female lead movie lara croft is a fantastic example uh but instead she purposefully goes and chooses to work on a movie like indiana jones where more than likely uh, we already know what's going to happen. She's gonna do the same thing that she does with everything else she touches.
0: And it's gonna be taking place in um, 1969, Indiana Jones versus Nazis during the 1969 space race. Um, And it's it's interesting. I never could imagine Indiana Jones one minute into the seventies or further um canonically though George Lucas in his young Indiana Jones um series he had Jones living as a really old one-eyed man into the 90s as a shuffling old little uh caretaker of sorts um of his own little library of archaeological artifacts and you know it was it was pretty funny It it was a cute way to think about you know what his ending will be um I don't think that she's interested in leaving this open for that kind of ending. I think she's very hell bent on um,
1: changing everything.
0: Yeah, she's taking advantage of his age to say that somebody else could do what you do, you know, better because she's a girl. Which seems to be one of her biggest themes is that, oh, well, you know, he's great, right? Well, we can do it better. We're so much better. Ray is better than everybody. How'd she earn that? She didn't. She just is better. And then you know? directly, pretty much directly
1: causes the demise of the last Skywalker, and then kidnaps the name.
0: Yeah, and just that's steals it, it. And it's just she's the worst character in the whole trilogy, and she got the most attention, the most, um, the most script love, and the most um, beneficial the, the choreography. Most plot armor yeah, because the most I literally watched that horrible throne room scene where guys were just stopping mid-fight, waiting for this dumb bitch to turn around so they could yeah. swing at her and get blocked. It was just pathetic. It was horrible choreography. Uh, Daisy Ridley obviously is not that great at keeping up with fast-paced um, combat choreography, and they literally were too lazy to reshoot it or edit it in in the in post to make, to hide that. They just said, oh, well, we, we don't, we'll just show it. So... <laughs> It was just it was insane she's not that great and she's a one-note actress as well like she she looks nice and she she has a very happy energy when she's not acting she seems like a great person but on the screen when the cameras are rolling she really only has one or two notes and that's either like a fake anger or a fake air of superiority and they that's how she did Ray she had no notes and she had no character depth and no character interest and there's nothing interesting about her especially when she had all of the automatic plots, you know, armor and devices, and just oh, you you want to do that? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. You never learned anything about the force. Well, you can just do a Jedi mind trick, even though you don't know what that is. Like she wouldn't even have known to try that, yeah. much less known whether she could do it or not. She doesn't know what it fucking is, but she just did it because oh, the old people will laugh because yeah. you know it's a mind trick. It's and like oh god. Leia
1: was never force sensitive.
0: No, now she's Mary Poppins. And the, and <laughs>
1: Uh, all of a sudden, you know, the the story changes where Leia is more powerful than Luke.
0: Yep, she's but, the most but powerful she Jedi just, now.
1: Just hung up her lightsaber for
0: politics. I why? Politics. Yeah, like,
1: like if she was so powerful, why wasn't she helping Luke raise the younglings and like train Padawans? Yeah. And you know, if she was there, then how come, you know, she didn't? try to help uh, Ben or I guess Kylo
0: and my big question too is has Kathleen Kennedy ever actually done anything in her life like what has she actually directed (laughs) or wrote Um, no her first film as a producer was E.T. so basically she came in and she co-founded a production company Amblin Entertainment with Steven Spielberg and her husband Frank Marshall so basically, she married the guy who was making Indiana Jones movies. And she became friends with the, the guy who was directing them. And she started to work for the guy who created them, George Lucas. And she hasn't done a damn thing in her life. She hasn't written or directed anything. She's quote-unquote produced stuff. And uh, she's been disastrous. So she became president of Lucasfilm simply because she was there... When they got bought, she didn't earn the position for anything. She got the position because the guy who made it, the the guy whose fucking name is attached to the company, mm-hmm. retired and sold it to Bob Iger, who is now back as Disney CEO, by the way. So I'm praying to God that um, he
1: does something
0: that he fixes what, yeah, what the crazy guy um, Bob Chapek was doing. And hopefully, he also brings back Johnny Depp for more Pirates of the Caribbean movies because they they need to rectify that situation yes, as do. quickly as possible. But yeah, she she just has like her name plastered to things that she was on the company uh, that tossed some money into a movie. She's never actually made anything from her own mind, and she just kind of finds herself attached to. The successes of George Lucas and um, Steven Spielberg. She takes already
1: successful stories and then she changes them.
0: Yeah. That's that's
1: the thing she does. She just latches on like a leech. leech.
0: (laughs) I'm looking at her entire filmography and all of them are things done by better people. So most of these are just... She produces movies that Spielberg is making, which means that her company... Uh, hires people that help make the movie or she tosses some money in it to distribute it. Mm-hmm. She doesn't make anything. The only things that she had power, ultimate power over were Star Wars 7. Garbage. Rogue One. Okay. But the whole thing had to be reshot because of her ineptitude. So the the budget for Rogue One doubled because they had to shoot the entire movie. Not just parts of it. The entire movie twice. The Last Jedi. The worst Star Wars movie in history. Uh, Solo, complete garbage that was disowned by Ford. The Mandalorian that. was the one that she didn't have control over. That that is. Um, That's Dave the one everybody Filoni. loved. Dave Filoni and John Favreau have control over that. Surprise, surprise. It's actually uh, heralded and it's it stays true to the source material while doing something new. The Rise of Skywalker, unwatchable. So many people that watched uh, Seven and Eight didn't even bother to watch Rise of Skywalker based on the box office return. Uh, Book of Boba Fett, boring. Obi-Wan Kenobi, huge ball drop. Not just his, but also the show. They really dropped the ball on that one. They had a huge opportunity to fill in gaps and make something interesting with one of the actors that is most beloved from the prequel trilogy. And, of course, it was all about how little kid Leia is so much better and stronger and smarter than the wise old general um, and the great legendary uh, Jedi. Yes, and then we have um, Indiana Jones. The uh, she better not fuck up, Ahsoka. Oh yeah, he, I, hopefully she gives Filoni development on that one. But yeah, this is um, this is this is not good. Hopefully, hopefully Mangle is telling the truth when he says that this is not actually going to to happen. You know that the screenings have not taken place but I also have to say it's it's unheard of for a movie of this size with this many uncertainties not to have any test screenings so yeah. either he's lying because they signed NDAs and they weren't supposed to say there were test yeah. screenings or there were test screenings and he's desperately trying to fix the movie because why else would they delay it a year from this July to next June if not to fix huge glaring issues with what the audience was hating.
1: I I just hope that Mangold actually puts his foot down and, like, fights for the right kind of ending. Because... I just... I want to be able to go to the theater and enjoy movies the same way I used to be able to, where I wasn't so worried about, like, oh, am I going to walk in and just uh, have to sit through and watch another political story where... I know exactly how it's going to end because you know there's always some kind of message that needs to be sent about like oh we need to empower these people or like and that's great and all like the the movements themselves are are good you know the people that go through the movements uh in a healthy and correct way and encourage people in a way that they are meant to be encouraged without downing others or changing, you know, changing history. Yeah, um, literally. Like, uh, I, I hate to be this person, but the woman king entirely fabricated yeah. the, the, the tribe were horrible. I'm not even going to get into it, but Viola Davis entirely fabricated. And it says based on a true, based on true events,
0: yeah, that's very that misleading. didn't happen
1: at all. None of it. The whole movie was a lie. That tribe weren't wasn't even full of great warriors. They lost every battle that they fought and they used modern weapons. Yep. Like they lost every battle. And also they themselves uh were responsible for a large percentage of African American uh African slave trade.
0: Yeah, that was one of the biggest thing. They enslaved and sold the their own yeah.
1: people.
0: And they still pretended do. that they were anti slavery the whole movie. And what
1: they the still hell? do, is the crazy thing. Yeah. That tribe that the movie focuses on is some of the worst people on earth. Yeah. They they still do it, they still enslave and sell their own people. And they have fought time and time again to protect slavery. It's crazy that that you can slap based on true events. On something like that, and make a movie that entirely uh, fabricates truth and history in order to make a certain group of people that actually are not good people somehow the
0: heroes and look good. It's like making a movie about the Auschwitz trials like, <clears throat> and basically like they were all innocent actually because exactly, yeah. they didn't do anything wrong. I'm like, <laughs> the fuck yeah like I feel like the gassing of hundreds of thousands of people was a little bad (laughs) I'm like no they didn't do that I mean they were actually they were actually ahead of their time it's
1: crazy like that that film is an absolute abomination because all they had to do was not put that it was based on true events Make it about a not real tribe, yeah. and it would be a fine movie.
0: Yeah, just some action like, adventure it, where it, they tried to do the right thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: and but instead they had to go and try to make it like, oh, well, this was actually based on a real tribe, and these events were like actually are based on true
0: events. And everything. There's this it's big like, anti-imperialist. It did thing. Not yeah.
1: I'm sorry. Like I, and for anybody who liked the movie, that's great. I, I'm glad you. I'm glad you went and you were enjo- enjoying your time. You were entertained. But it makes me so mad that just for the sake of sending that message that it's like, yeah, these like women were incredible and everything like that. It's like, you can send that message. Make a movie about it. That's great. But don't lie about real Don't lie about real, lie about real things and yeah. real people that existed. And turn it into some kind of encouraging success story about like stuff that
0: couldn't be farther from the truth. For I all mean, the people crazy. that go around crying about misinformation and disinformation, I mean, that's a pretty good source right there. You're right. Making making movies that people are going to take at face value because you say based on true events or a true story, you know, don't do that. That's, I mean, that's like putting that in front of Benjamin Button. Like, <laughs> right. based on a true story. Oh, really? I might get that too. Like, No, it's a fucking fake story. It was based on a book, not a true story. Right. It's like, uh. So, I mean, I'm, here's to hoping Kathleen Kennedy gets fired as fast as possible. She I... is a cancerous tumor. On In the film industry. Especially within poor Lucasfilm and Disney because... They're She's going to tank it. Those products, oh, she already did, she destroyed Star Wars. She did, I mean... They I... have not released a theatrical movie for Star Wars since then because they mm-hmm. need a break and they lost so much money on the ninth one mm-hmm. and the eighth one was so horribly received that they don't want to risk... Ryan Johnson claims he has a trilogy down the pipe. Like, fuck that, no. Not after no, what you did yeah. to the eighth one. All
1: like, of the loyal fans of Star Wars that existed beforehand, they're not going to care anymore. Because the movies that were Star Wars don't exist.
0: And they're also being lied about in the media, because if you dislike the new Star Wars movies for any reason other than, you know, well, I just, I just don't like science fiction, then you're suddenly some kind of weird bot, alt-right troll, yeah. You know, it's all this bullshit. They just. Great. So now all. They're alienating specifically, purposely, all their fans because they just call them, you know, an alt right troll if they don't like the fact that this character is a Mary Sue. And, you know, because it's sexist to say that a female character is written horribly. It's fine to say that male characters are trash. And it's like, there's the double standard once again. She will happily make the most lazy female character and then say it's sexist to criticize that. But then she'll go around destroying all the, you know, Male characters, that no one had a problem with. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with her?
1: Well, um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. after Besides that. after our rant uh, that has exceeded much longer than we planned, um, that's about all I have to talk about for today. I don't know if you have anything else, but um, our time's running a little short.
0: All so, I gotta say is, um, hunker down, stay safe, but. uh, if you want to have some fun, go check out Twitter if you're not already on there. <laughs> I'm there at ReviewsGonzo. Uh, I post updates there regularly. I do polls and fun stuff and giveaways. So check it out. It's uh, it's a lot more free than it used to be. So, And uh, you fun. can
1: find me at Cloud1271. I'm there to answer any questions or whatever else you may have. want to share thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, concerns. Um, I'm not... Uh, blue verified, but that's just kind of beside the point. Look for the SpongeBob photo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> SpongeBob is your verification. Fancy SpongeBob, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, it's been a while since I've been on here, but it's great to be back. Uh, so join us again next time.
0: I appreciate you all. Remember, that's life.